Hey everyone, this is Arnold with One Welcome. Welcome back to another episode. If this is your first time, it's a show where we meet the makers behind the most beloved restaurants here in New York City. Today is a little bit different as well. Uh, just trying out different formats and including more voices. So we're sitting down with Ben, and Ben is the man behind the Instagram account Stuff Ben Eats. I really, really wanted to have someone, you know, as, as much as I hate this term, I really wanted to have a food influencer, someone really with a platform on this show. Uh, and I was looking around, obviously there's a lot of food influencers, food bloggers and whatnot, but um, Ben was a really easy pick for me because I've soon realized that Ben and I had a lot of mutual friends, most of them who have been on this podcast. And so, uh, you know, like we all do when we meet someone new, I kind of asked around and everyone had only really good things to say about Ben. So uh, immediately I, I, I DM'd him and, and uh, invited him to be on the show because I think that uh, he's using his platform, his following that he has on Instagram for really good reasons. And I think that he actually takes the time to build relationships and to get to know the restaurant instead of it being uh, transactional in many ways. Because many times as someone who's been in this industry and also has managed restaurants, um, you have these influencer dinners and you invite all these influencers, but sometimes they don't even post about their experience or, um, you know, it's just the trade-off is not worth it to be completely honest, but um, I really enjoyed my conversation with Ben. So we're gonna, we dive a little bit into how he got his start. Uh, I, I found out that he actually also comes from a restaurant family, which is uh, really amazing, honestly. And I think that that has allowed him to become a little bit more empathetic and genuine uh, with, with some of these guests. So without further ado, uh, this is my conversation with Ben and uh, I'll circle back with you guys at the end. You know, I, um I come from a restaurant family and uh, my mom has a restaurant or had a restaurant which she just sold right before COVID started, which is crazy. She sold it on March, uh, March 13th, which is nuts. You know, I was very happy that she was able to do that. She's been wanting to retire for a while, but you know, for majority of my life, I worked in the restaurant that she owned, you know, as a kid, why not? You know, I'm the only child. So she would take me to the restaurant. I had no babysitter. Babysitters were like the chefs and like the servers or whatnot and <clears throat> slept on top of the freezer box. Honestly, re you know, restaurant life has been my life for for majority of my life, you know? And, you know, when I was old enough to to, to help out, that's what I did. I was put to work and, um, you know, look, look, child labor laws weren't as strict right then. <laughs> you know, I was helping out with takeout, answering the phones. And then, you know, that was like a little takeout back in the day. But then when she had a full restaurant, you know, I was busting tables, then became like a, a server, um, manager, and then it became like pretty much every position in the restaurant, except cook. She wouldn't let me cook because she thought I'd burn the place down. Th that was my life, honestly, through elementary school, high school, even college, you know, going to Rutgers. I was local every weekend. She's like, I need your help. I need your help. I'm like, mom, you say that every weekend, you know, like you can hire someone, but like, she's like, I need your help. And like... Uh, you know, so I would go in and I'd work crazy hours and the other waiters or servers at the restaurant were my age. And then, you know, some of them were family. So it was, it was a cool little group that we had, but you know, that's what made it nice and bearable. Otherwise I'd kill myself. Cause like, you know, then I went to school at Rutgers for finance. Cause I wanted to get out of the restaurant industry after, after school, you know, worked in various banks like UBS, Morgan Stanley and all that stuff. And 
Ernst and Young for a little bit. And, and then I realized that I hated that too. You know, I didn't want to do that. And I actually missed the best friend. When I was working in finance, when I started making some money and I was like, oh, I can, I can go out to eat at some nice places, you know? And that's when my love and appreciation for food kind of came back. And, you know, I started eating all these really great dishes at, you know, some of the best restaurants in the city. And then it, it kind of ignited a flame in me to either become a chef or become an owner. But I knew that being an owner is ridiculous in, in New York and it's just, it's crazy. But like, you know, I wanted to be a chef and if it wasn't that, you know, we're going to the front of the house, uh, looking into culinary schools, super expensive. So, and then I actually stodged at a few restaurants, realized that maybe, maybe the kitchen life isn't for, <laughs> isn't for me. I stodged at the Modern, um, at, at the Seagirl, just for a day. And it was just like, it was a lot. And then, you know, I just... My, my love, like I said, my love for food and, and hospitality just kind of grew and grew. As long as I can remember, I've always taken pictures of food, whether it's like on a crappy cell phone camera or like even the flip cameras back in the day. And yeah, you know, like just, just for my own personal memory, but it never, I never did anything with it. It just got stored on a hard drive somewhere or left on my phone. But that's what I've done. I always wanted to keep memories of what I've eaten. And then I think in... It was like 2015, my ex suggested, you know, you take so many pictures of food, why don't you just create a Instagram account and like just call stuff Ben Eats. And that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of how it came about. Started posting pictures of food and, you know, all the places that I went, didn't know what I was doing, posting the worst pictures and throwing ugly filters on it that Instagram provided, the stock ones. And, you know, I didn't, like I said, I was just posting it to, to have like an online photo album, to be honest. It was just shocking to me back in the day. It was like, how are people liking my photo when I don't even know who they are? And they're liking it like, yeah, like two seconds after I post. I'm like, who is this person? How do they? I think I use like one hashtag or two. I was like, hashtag food or hashtag spaghetti. <laughs> and uh, and then finally, you know, I met some friends that one was in the influencer space already, you know, and, and you know, I was, I was asking her, I was like, what do you, how do you, what is happening on Instagram? Like, how does this work? And she's like, one is post good pictures, right? Two, two, that's, yeah, so that's a good start. And two is hashtags, use all the hashtags you can, which is, I think, 30. Engage, engage with your followers, you know, people who, you know, who, who leave comments or, or messages, engage with them. And be consistent. You know, if you're going to post once a day, post once a day, but just don't post sporadically because people actually, you know, it's weird, but sometimes people actually follow and, and look forward to that. And when you just like post whenever you want, some people get disinterested. And, and yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But so that was it. Consistency and good photos, essentially. So when you got started and you're posting on Instagram, like 2015, 16 and, and onwards, were you still in the finance world or were you doing something else? Because I know you even did like a pop-up dessert, dessert shop at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, no, I was I actually left finance at the end of uh, 13, early 14. And, you know, I was trying to figure out life back then. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to do something more client facing, you know, I, I just, I was, I was behind a computer all day, crunching, you know, crunching spreadsheets and it was just, I hated it. Working in the restaurant industry, you know, I love talking to people, I love meeting people, taking care of people, right? So I wanted to do something in that field. When we had the pop-up dessert shop, actually, that's when, you know, I learned the power of Instagram because we, it was a tiny little shop that we took over for four months. I had a friend, a Japanese woman who had the, the shop and had it as a bakery, she had all the equipment in there, but you know, unfortunately, what she did was she was selling cheesecake, apple pie, scones, muffins. She was selling American baked goods in America. She's actually really big in Japan, but in America, you know, selling these things, you have to be like, 
a different level, you know, because you can find that stuff everywhere. And, you know, unfortunately she didn't make it after the first year. And she's like, I need to give notice for my space and I just need somebody in there. You guys want to take it for, you know, no pay, no rents, just like, just do whatever you want for four months. And that's what we did. And the first week we had no idea what we were doing. You know, it's just the two of us. I was in between jobs. She, she was, you know, trying to, trying to be a pastry chef and, but it was a great learning experience because again, we didn't, we didn't know, you know, how to market, how to advertise. The moment when we learned the power of Instagram was we had a customer who came in every day or not every day, but a few times a week, come in and do like watercolors and, you know, order desserts. And, you know, my ex was like, Hey, Jane, do you want to put up your, your artwork on our wall and like, you know, just display it? And she's like, really? And so she did that. And then she put out a blast on her Instagram. She doesn't have a ton of followers, but all our followers are creatives and super talented artists, photographers, whatever. And, you know, I think the next day, like 80 people came into this like 10, 10, 10 seat shop and ordered everything. Started taking all these beautiful photos. And I was like, oh man, and I'm looking at these photos and I was like, I look at that corner every day and I never <laughs> noticed that angle or like, how did they, how did they compose that so nicely? But, but from that, just all those people sharing the, the, the pictures and the, you know, the geotag and everything. And it was like, then business started picking up. And at the end of the four months, we had a line out the door, you know, on a snowy day with the restaurant packed like to the nines. And, and then the landlord wanted us to stay, but, well, we couldn't afford that rent. It was crazy. But that's honestly where I learned the power of Instagram because that's what really boosted us. And I was like, this is pretty cool. So that's when she suggested to me, I was like, you should start an Instagram account. So so I did. And I just started, you know, just started posting all these old photos that I had. I think one of the things you, you had asked me about was how I grew my following, right? Back in the pre-algorithm days, things would go viral easily, you know, and pictures would get picked up by all these things, uh, publications and stuff. And I remember the day that I was, so I was working in real estate for a little bit too, after, after I left finance. I gave that a shot for about a year and a half. And then I remember sitting in the office one day and I got this email from, from uh, Refinery29. I'm like, hey, uh, Steph Ben Eats, we, we'd love to feature you on our uh, list of food influencers to follow in New York City. And I was like, hey, did you, is this the right person? Are you trying, did you try to email like, like uh, Stump Johnny's or something or whatever? I was like, but yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, we really want to feature you. And I think at the time I had like a couple thousand followers. I had under 10K, I think at the time. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. So they're like, what, you know, select the photo and write a little bio or whatever. And I, and I did. And, you know, funny story about this is they never told me when it was going to be published. And I thought it was going to be a new list because they gave me a link to the current list, which had like 11 people at the time, right? Or 10 or 11 people. And I was honored to be 11 or 12. And I, I texted one of my friends uh, and I was like, Hey Nina, I was like, I got featured in this cool refinery 29 article. I was like, she's like, is it posted yet? I was like, I don't think so. And I was like, yeah, check out. Here's the link. She goes, Oh, they posted it. I was like, what? I was like, what? And, and then she goes, yeah, but they spelled your name wrong. And I was like, what the, what, they, what they put? And they put like big proper letters, stuff be neats. So it's, it's, it's like the same spelled correctly. They just put the capital B and then capital N. So for two days, it was stuff B needs. And, you know, my friend was cracking up and I was so upset. You know, I emailed the, the writer and I was like, I was trying to like, I found him on LinkedIn and I wrote to him. I was like, hey, can you please change the thing to stuff Ben eats? <laughs> and then for the longest time after that, Oh man, I, I met so many people. They're like, "Oh man, that's a pretty cool name, Stuff and Beats," or like, <laughs> or like, 
And then the other the other uh, couple weeks ago, one of my cousins' friends saw me go on her live, and she's like, "Who's this stuffed beans guy?" <laughs> like, so I always have to kind of. Yeah, it's still haunting me. Everybody messes up my name, but it's all good. <laughs> all right. So just to make it clear for everybody tuning in, Stuff Ben Eats. His name is Ben. So that's why it's Stuff Ben Eats. <laughs> but I think that was like the first major like press you got, I want to say. But now, I mean, you're on like a lot of these lists, similar lists, right? I feel like for, for me, the way I look at it, you know, uh, as someone who's in industry, talking to a lot of industry people, I think it's a testament to to you and and the way you go and about approaching social media and who you decide to feature, and that was one of the main reasons why I was excited to talk to you and feature you on the podcast because I think that and we I'd love to get into this because I think food influencer air quotes is such a it, it does have if I'm being completely honest it does have a negative connotation in many ways especially in the in the industry that that you know the rest restaurateurs and chefs. But I do think that uh, not everyone is is falls within that stereotype where it's just about the food. I do think that there are a, a lot of people like yourself out there that are doing it for the right reason. Um, and I think the right reason is the fact that there is there's someone behind this dish or this food that that you're taking a photo of, right? And I think you you do a really great job of that. So I really wanted to. Um, ask you, like, what is your, what is your philosophy and how do you select businesses to feature and stuff like that? In terms of selecting places to feature, it's, it's really, you know, what I like to eat or what I want to eat. Um, I get a, I get a ton of emails a day on places inviting me in and I'll just, you know, take a quick look on their website or their Instagram. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. <laughs> and that, that's really it, to be honest. My philosophy on the whole kind of going to a restaurant featuring them thing, you know, and featuring them is it's like a job, to be honest. When I get invited in, I don't, it's not like a, Oh, you know, free meal, um, whatever. Let's just call a friend and come eat. You know what I mean? It's not, to me, it's really, it's work. And I appreciate the fact that they're inviting me in to, to treat me to their food and to show me what they're all about. And to me, I want to do the best job I can to, to reciprocate that and, and highlight them and, and represent them in the best light. So for me, it's like, I, I don't, and if the food's going to go a little cold, that's fine. You know, like I want to get a good shot that shows what they're all about. And I kind of want to tell the story a little bit, you know, and get to, and for me personally, when I get to the restaurants too, I want to know, you know, I want to know the server's name. I want to know the chef. I want to know the chef is, what's the story of the owner? How did this place come about? So I try to engage in those conversations to learn a little bit more about it. And those are the best experiences because when you do hear about the story, you learn more about what they're about. And, and, and there's a, more personal connection to it right and that's how a lot of my friendships came about with all the chefs and restaurateurs in the industry you know it started with an invite to come in to promote their food and just from talking to them you know we become friends you know what i mean and and that's the best part that's come out of all this is that the relationships um some people look at it as transactional and i think that's the problem that's the problem with kind of image that influencers have right they come in it's just like onto the next, right? It's just like I get something to post and I'm going to go to the next place. But for me, I have a deeper connection with it. Um, you know, again, coming from a restaurant background, I know how hard it is to own a restaurant and how hard it is to manage it, especially in New York City. So every restaurant deserves a chance, in my opinion. And, you know, it's like whether or not the food is, you know, mind-blowing or just okay, that's fine. You know, that's, that's my, it's my opinion. 
to my palate, right? My palate's different from your palate, different from the next person's palate. What I find to be average may be amazing to someone else. What I find to be average might, you know, or, or, or bad, somebody might like it. So I never say the best. I'll say my favorite, right? Because it's subjective. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I kind of consider myself sharing information more than like reviewing. I don't consider myself like you know, reviewing the places. I put it out there and you can look at the photos. You can look at the descriptions of the dishes, which I, which I put most of the time. And you decide if you want to go. It's like an online menu, right? And if you really want to know the experience, you know, I always welcome everyone to DM me personally and say, hey, how did you like your experience? And I'll give them my honest opinion. And the only times I don't post things are, are when, when the dish is really bad. And no matter how, no matter how beautiful it is, I can't post it because it was like, oh, that was really, really crappy. You know, at the same time, I do give my feedback to the restaurant. That always helps, you know, especially chefs when they're like, how was it? I'll tell them straight up, you know, like it doesn't help them just to kind of say it was, it was good just because you're getting a free meal. They want to know and they appreciate more when you tell them the truth. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's my philosophy really going into the restaurants. I want to give them a chance and I want to just show what they're all about. And, and, and put it out there for people to make their own decision to, you know, say, Hey, look, here's a restaurant you maybe never heard about. Right. And, or never considered. And just like, it's something that you could bookmark. Right. Yeah. Not about like a transaction necessarily, but more of a relationship building. What does a, so, so obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I'd be curious to see, cause I've been hearing a lot from operators and uh, restaurateurs and chefs, but I actually want to open it up to you and see how this has affected your line of work, right? Maybe your roles and responsibilities that you thought pre-COVID and then with kind of living within with, with COVID right now, like how, how that's changed for you. Influencers' roles were to promote restaurants, right? Or, or, or brands, whatever. But that was, that was, that's pretty much it. When, when restaurants or PR companies reach out to influencers and say, hey, we'd love to invite you in for a meal, unwritten contract, I guess, is... You know, we're going to, we're going to come up to you a meal and, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll post something, you know, about us on, on social, particularly Instagram. You know, a lot of times that, that doesn't happen. You know, some people don't post and that's the sad part. And, and I think that's part of the reason why we, you know, why they have that negative association. They come in and, and they get taken care of or whatever. And it's like, Hey, we set this up for you and you're not, there's nothing. Or maybe like one little story out of like 20 dishes that you ordered. Unfortunately, some some influencers ruin it for others, right? And I think that's um, that's where it comes. But to answer your question, pre-COVID, influencers' roles are to to promote, right, and to to share places that they've been to, in a nutshell, right. And now we're that we're in this pandemic, you know, I think it's even more important to do that. Um, you know, restaurants, a lot of restaurants don't have money to to pay PR companies, so the only marketing they have is social media and a lot of them are running their own and they don't know what you know a lot of them don't know what they're doing so they'll reach out directly and i've gotten reached out to a bunch of owners that say hey we'd love for you to come in and try our restaurant and you know i try to try to filter through all of them and try to do what i can you know but i'm only one person right so that's the that's the hard part and then trying to lose weight so that's also hard <laughs> social media is really, really important right now. So as a social media manager too, I tell my clients that like, this is, this is the time to really be like present and to, to show what you're all about because that's where they're going. They're going to your Instagram first more than anything. Right. Um, the website might explain hours and menu, but like they're going to Instagram to find out updates, to find out like, you know, what's going on, what, what dishes you're serving, you know, what the 
options are for delivering takeout as a role of an influencer today. That's what we got to do. You know, we got to spread the word, right? Let, let people know that, Hey, here's a great delivery option. If you, if you're living in this area, or here's another option that's, that's doing takeout that um, they've never done takeout before. Oh, so this is interesting. I, I, I like that you are saying social media is more important than ever because I do agree. But then the other thing that I'm noticing is they have more of a direct line of contact through you because they're not using the PR agencies, right? Because they can't afford to have them on a retainer like they used to. Um, and so a lot of these owners are taking control of their own Instagram pages. So is there anything cringy or anything that you would you see that you think that restaurants could do better? Because I do agree. I do agree that Instagram is so important in terms of like, Hours are changing like every week, right? Depending on the weather, maybe they're not open because their patio doesn't have um, umbrellas or, or whatever the case might be. So I do agree that it's important. So do you think there's anything that uh, as like a 101 that if, if operators are tuning in that they could do to uh, run it more properly or more effectively like their Instagram pages? One thing is to, to I guess, to post your current hours and, and uh, take out delivery options in your stories. So when they go there, they can see like what the current status is, you know, so, so people can figure out where to, where can we order? What's the best place to order? What's, what's the current menu? Like put those things up in highlights pinned up at the top in terms of the feed and the post, you know, pictures are important, you know, like good lighting, a good composition and just like, you know, something that talks about the dish, right? Don't just put like ads or flyers. A lot of people will do that and post the same thing. Don't post the same dish like three times in a row. Um, but really honestly important for, you know, good quality photos, just like, doesn't have to be, you know, like with an expensive camera, you know, cell phones are great these days. Just have good lighting and, you know, make it clear, make it enticing. You know, that's more important too. You put it, put a pretty dish on there that, that makes people want to say, oh, I want that right now, or that looks delicious. In terms of reaching out to influencers, I think that you can, it's fine to do it, right? But just don't do it consistently. You know, like you can, do, there's some people that are very aggressive and will ask over and over again. And then there's some people who are like, Hey, if you ever have time, you know, please consider us, you know, to, to for a feature or please come in and have a meal on us, whatever. Uh, and and th those are the ones that are nice. It's like an open invite and you can come whenever you want, but like, you know, we, we'd love to have you. So those are the places that I bookmark and I look forward to, to going. It's those more like open invitations that, I mean, obviously there's less, of a strain and expectation on you as well. So, you know, you feel more free to maybe visit, right? And voice your opinions as well, instead of, instead of like aggressively approaching you about. Yeah, I mean, when people like, when do you want to come in? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> when you stop bothering me. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> How many places are you hitting up? Cause I, I feel like you're very obviously active on Instagram and, um, I mean, do you have like a social media calendar and you're, you're scheduling out posts a month in advance? Like how, do, how does that work more behind the scenes? I wish I did. I'm, I'm super sporadic and like I'm, I'm behind right now in a couple of posts. So like, that's the problem is that time, I don't have a lot of time and, you know, going out, yeah, I'll visit a couple of restaurants, one either to eat at or to, you know, to check up on my friends and see how they're doing. So every day, I guess, you know, one of the things that you want to talk about was like a, a typical day, right? A typical day for me is waking up, kind of starts in the evening because I go to bed so late, like 3 to 5 a.m. on average, wake up sometimes between 9 and 11, <laughs> but try to get out of that habit. So a typical day for me is waking up around that time and then 
checking on my clients first, checking their DMs, checking kind of any engagement or any issues. You know, maybe if somebody has a question or, or concern, uh, you know, clients always come first, right? Because they're the ones that that pay me to 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 help manage their social, right? And that's and I appreciate that, especially during these times. Um, so I'm very lucky to still be working and, and to have clients, and that's my priority right now. So I check on their their stuff first, make sure like I, I do their posts or or like I said, check their messages, and then for me, it's kind of organizing my day, you know, figuring out how I'm going to plan it out. And um, I'll check a few emails, but I get inundated with so many from the day before, the night before, and it just accumulates. You know, I get like 80 to 100 emails a day. I mean, not all invites, but a, a bunch of them are. Yeah, it's like, it's a combination of invites, sponsored stuff, like we'd love to send you a box of this or that, you know, a couple other things. So it's a lot of, a lot of stuff to go through. And once you let that build up, it's hard to catch up, right? So I feel bad when I'm getting back to someone like a month later. <laughs> Eventually I get back to them. <laughs> and then after that, you know, it's, it's out to lunch, either at a restaurant that I've been invited to, or maybe supporting a friend or just going to a place that I want to eat. Uh, and these days, a lot of it is, is Chinatown too. Uh, I've been in Chinatown a lot because Chinatown's got hit pretty hard since February. And, you know, they're getting slammed at everything, restaurants. And, you know, even now, like mine goes a barbershop and, business is dead you know uh a lot of places in chinatown are suffering so i'm there a lot um but uh, you know when i'm not there i'm around the city right just going like i said going to other restaurants it's weird time flies in the middle of the day and it's and then comes dinner and same thing either it's a restaurant that i've been invited to or supporting a friend or grabbing something in chinatown come back come back home take a shower you know and like kind of decompress a little bit and it's like trying to check emails, but then it's also like four photo sets that I've taken that day that I need to edit and then like stuff that I haven't edited. So it just keeps that also accumulates. And the thing that keeps me up throughout the night really is the editing and, um, and emails. So that's, and then it's repeat literally, but it's, it's awesome though. I mean, actually, I love it because I'd rather be kind of doing this nonstop for 12 hours than sitting in an office for 12 hours doing spreadsheets you're like kind of out and about meeting new people featuring businesses that you know you can get behind so yeah this is not i mean it's not work to me honestly and it's just like and hearing all the stories and just like i said just going and being able to go into a restaurant and you know talk to the chef or the owner and you know, talk about their family or whatever and ask them what i can do to help or what or how, how's how's business going right those are the things that's pretty cool that connection that you have um with these people and i just want to like I want to help those people. Yeah. What are, what are some of your favorite places that you've been to recently that that's been reopened for, for business in Chinatown specifically? So I always get barbecued meat over rice. It's like my, it's like my death row meal. Yeah. It's just like, I could eat that. Yeah. I mean, that, seriously, like crispy pig and roast pork over rice is, I just love it. So a few of my favorite places in Chinatown are, are Wu's Wonton that just opened recently. Wu's Wonton King, they they they're doing they just do it. They just opened uh, outdoor dining. Another place is Yu Wong, which is on the corner of Bayard and Elizabeth. Jin Fong just opened up. That's that's oh man, I had I had dinner there like uh, two weeks ago, and it's so sad, you know. I I, was, I had dinner with the owner and the social media manager and a marketing person and. You know, I was I was like, how many seats do you guys have have up there? Like three hundred? He's like, no, we can see we can actually see up to eight hundred. And I was like, really? And, and and I'm sitting outside 
amongst four tables, maybe about 10 seats. That's what they have right now. That's dine-in, that gin tall. You know, and, and it's really sad, you know, because like a lot of their business is banquets and all that stuff and, and dim sum. Uh, so it's really hard. And, and those are the places that I want to support. Uh, obviously, Wafong. Is it Wafong? I always get it mixed up. Yeah, Wafong on Christie. They're great. There's a great Korean place in Chinatown, too. I don't know if you know about it. Grand Soul. I like the Portuguese egg tarts at Taipan Bakery. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. And that's, oh, you know, bubble tea places, obviously. Uh, Yifang and Ali Mama has some good, like, donuts. It's just a bunch of places, and uh, you know, aside from your digital spots. The, the other thing I wanted to kind of discuss was this career that you have in freelance photography and managing, um, you know, social media. I, I know it wasn't something that you set out to do, but kind of maybe it, it grew organically, right? So would you have any tips or advice for someone that wants to get into the line of work that you have? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of restaurant guys and people that, you know, are on the sidelines right now that uh, would love to do, get involved in this industry and stay involved, you know, in some sort of way, right? So I think, I think, I think doing some freelance work is, is great. And I think that, um, everyone's itching to create content and maybe engage more on social media. So do you, do you have any tips and advice for who are getting started? My advice is just to keep taking photos. That's the advice that I was given. You know, I asked my friend once, how do you compose a shot or how do you kind of like, how do you take, how do you edit this? Or he goes, one, just keep taking photos, you know, like you'll start to figure out your style and you know, don't worry about trying to get it technically right. Just get it into a part where you actually feel comfortable with it and you actually like the photo. So that's what I do. I'll, t- I'll take a million photos at the restaurant and I'll hate like 99% of them. But that 1% is the one that you're, that's going to, that's going to make it. And that's what makes you, that's what makes me happy to get into the line of social media management. Uh, it's very challenging right now because restaurants don't have the budget to pay. Right. A lot of them. Uh, so if you really, really want to do it, you know, offer your services for free or, or, you know, or offer to help out with some photography. You might not have to manage their social, but like, and that's also another way to get into photography, right? Like if you, if you want to help out a restaurant and you think your photos are, are, are decent or good, like offer your services. Hey, I'll take some photos of your food for you and you can post it onto your social, you know, and, and in, in return, they can maybe just give you some, some of that food or whatever. I think that's a start, you know, or going or just trying one client first, seeing if you like it. But if you don't have the experience, you know, you shouldn't be charging a ton of money either. So start, if you, you know, if you have a friend or, or a business that you really love and support and you look at their social media and you feel like it can use some help and that you can help them, then by all means, I think they should approach them and ask. Is there, is there any restaurant that you restaurant that you, you think is doing a really good job on, on Instagram? Crown Child does a good job with, with their Instagram. You know, they're always active and they've been speaking very loudly about... Um, whole you know saving restaurants and the restaurant movement and fighting for legal rights for for small businesses so i think they've done a great job um eric from 886 has done a great job as well you know crushing life eric <laughs> side story about eric uh, yeah i wanted you to share this because i think he you guys have some, some history too right like good good history yeah eric is the first person to give me my first freelance gig Prior to 886, Eric, you know, was a chef and co-owner of another restaurant in East Village. And I was invited through a friend of his who I met at Smorgasburg, you know, oddly just taking a photo of her making food. And I was like, oh, this came out pretty good. And I showed it to her. She's like, oh, can you send that to me? 
I was like, sure. And then she goes, oh, by the way, my friend's opening a, and she found out like I was in the food space. And she's like, my friend's opening a noodle shop in the East Village. She's like, do you like noodles? And I was like, and I was like, sure. So she set it up and she, she's like, you can invite some of your friends. And so, you know, this is a pretty new shop at the time. And I, I knew some influencers already in the space and it was pretty cool. So it was my first event, even though as a, as an influencer host, and I didn't have a huge following myself, but you know, it was pretty successful. We took a bunch of photos and a couple of them got, you know, kind of went viral and they got picked up by like infatuation and stuff. And uh, I think it helped the business out a little bit. And Eric was extremely appreciative. And, you know, from that, I always went to go support and go eat. And he was the one that would be like, Hey, why don't you try out this new dish and, and whatnot. And it was, we just became good friends. And one day went to, went to lunch and he's like, Hey, I was thinking, would you like to run our social? And I was in between jobs at the time. I was jobless. I was like, no, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty busy with my own <laughs> Instagram. He goes, what? I was like, and I was, he goes, you know, man, like I, I, I want you to run it, you know? And I was like, oh, let me think about it. He goes, no, you're going to run it. You're going to do a good job. And I was like, I don't know if he said that exactly, but he was very insistent on me doing it. And we're going to pay you this. I was like, no, man, no, that's too much. I was like, no, he goes, why are you negotiating against yourself? And I, was, I didn't know what I was doing, right? So I go, okay, I'll give it a try, you know, and, and I did it and I wound up really loving it. You know, I loved Eric's food and love going there and taking photos. So I did that for a while and, you know, the, the account grew organically and it was, it was really nice. And then uh, when Eric left, uh, I left at the same time. From that moment, when I was doing Eric's Instagram, I met Jimmy from Madame Bo. And then I went to an event at Jimmy's and I took really crappy photos at nighttime. It was a nighttime event. And this is where everyone was really kind of like playing with the food. By the time I got to, it was just a mess. And I, I said to Jimmy, I said, hey, Jimmy, man, I don't think I got any good pictures tonight. I said, would it be possible if maybe I came in tomorrow just to shoot one or two dishes? You know, if not, that's cool. I'll try to find something. He goes, yeah, man, come on back. No problem. So I came back and then I shot like, a, I think maybe his pho in like this really beautiful light. and. And from that, we started talking and we became friends, became, you know, good friends. And then he asked me, he's like, Hey man, do you want to, you want to manage Madame Vo's Instagram? And I was like, uh, but you know, again, this is another place that I love their food. Uh, love, loved everything, you know, what they did. And so I did that. And then slowly but surely I did that. And then, and then another restaurant, this is when the moment that I realized, I was, Oh, this is turning into a job. It was my first stable paycheck in a while because again, I was, you know, I left finance, still figuring life out. This is like, oh, I think I can, I can actually do something with this. And then from that, when when my Instagram started growing and I started getting some sponsored stuff from brands and and all these other things, I was like, this isn't bad, you know. Like, um, my schedule's not crazy. I can still kind of do what I want throughout the day. And you know, going to these restaurants to do shoots, I'm getting to eat good food, and I was happy. And organically. I would get referrals from other people to, you know, to do their restaurant. So it started to grow and grow. And then, you know, some, some fell off, obviously just for, you know, natural reasons, but we're still friends. And then some I gained. So that's essentially how it happened. And I, and I, I'm eternally grateful to Eric for giving me the opportunity and making me realize that this is something that I loved and something that I could do. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that, yeah, you, you were able to share that story because yeah, that's that's a really cool start to, to this journey that you're on now. 
it's amazing. It's really cool just to think about it. And I, it's something that I never thought of or, or, you know, wanted to do. And it was just, it's kind of how life happens. Right. And this is the thing where when you make the effort to, to get to know people and um, to, to just help them, I guess, right. Good things come out of it. And, and I do believe in good karma. And I, and I believe like, you know, a lot of the success that I've had is from, just you know trying to help others and uh, that's kind of my biggest advice to other influencers out there is to do it because you love it do it because you care you know and, and just like good things will come out of it thanks ben for being on the show for your time and, and just being really easy to talk to and even though this was our first time not even meeting in person but through zoom i, I just had a awesome time just chatting and I'm really excited to announce that we'll be doing something together too on Instagram where I think we're going to go visit some of our mutual friends again people that have been on this this podcast and circle back with them see how they're doing check in on them and feature their stories once more it's, it's just such a crazy wild strange time right now but uh, we want to do our very best to support our friends so Follow Ben on his Instagram at StuffBenEats if you don't already. Uh, follow me on Instagram at with one welcome and stay tuned. We're, we're really excited to be working together on something. So again, Ben, it was a pleasure, but uh, I also know we're going to be doing a lot of fun things. So um, appreciate you. Really happy to have gotten the chance to chat with you and thank you for tuning in. And uh, again, this was Arnold and Ben with one welcome and we'll see you next week.